everyone. This is Erwin Lazar, President and Principal Analyst here at Metrogy, and welcome to our latest Metrosite episode. I'm very excited to be joined by Jeff Wong, who is Vice President of Outbound Product Management at Cisco. And today we're going to talk about the Unified Communication as a Service or UCAS landscape in 2024 and beyond. Uh, we'll get Jeff's thoughts on a variety of different topics, including how uh, UCAS is evolving, uh, how the buyer needs are changing, and we'll spend, of course, some time talking about the impact of AI, as well as the convergence of unified communications in the contact center. So, Jeff, uh, welcome to the show. Happy to have you here. Great to be here, Erwin. Thanks. So, I always like to start these with a, a, a bit of an introduction. So tell us a little bit about you and, and how you came to be involved in the Unified Communications collaboration space. For sure, yeah. I, I actually got my start a couple of years ago and it was um, at uh, one of the early, I'd say, UCAS providers, or I'd say pioneers, maybe the SaaS, when, when people were still moving from on-prem to cloud, that first wave. And uh, prior to that, um, my experience has been almost exclusively networking. Uh, so it's if you think about it, like Cisco WebEx, it's like the perfect combination of the two. So it makes me feel quite at home to be right here. That's great. Uh, I came from a networking background as well. I was an aspiring um, Cisco CCIE at one point and then uh, fell into this thing called uh, voice over IP and kind of went went from there into the communication collaboration space. So we have that, that similar background. Yeah, it sucks you in. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so as, as you're thinking about, you know, we're in the, as we're recording this, we're still kind of in the early days of 2024. What are you seeing as, as the trends that are, are, are shaping your business that you're focusing on, um, say, over the next six months, even longer? Yeah, for sure. I, you know, what, what occurs to me uh, in, in a lot of the conversations that we've been having with customers, uh, because AI has been so top of mind, it continues to be top of mind, right? But I think the, the nature of the AI conversations are changing a little bit. Uh, if I had to think about 2023, the AI conversations were really like, wow, did you see that? It could do X, Y, Z. But now I think as more people have started to get some hands-on experience with different uh, types of generative AI in particular, uh, the conversation is much more, okay, that's great, but what could it actually do for me? Um, and then, uh, you know, on top of that, uh, I think a lot of uh, conversations that we're having still revolve around the brass tacks of like, okay, collaboration, communications, customer experience. Um, these are still real business uh, challenges that we're trying to solve for. Um, how do we get that right? So sort of like a, a bit of reality around AI and then back to the like, yep, we still have a business that we have to keep running. Yeah, that makes sense. And, and you know, we, we see when we talk about uh, AI, that we're mostly looking at companies dealing with, um, you know, they've gotten past the initial fear of, uh, hey, this is gonna, you know, take away all our jobs and wipe us out to now it's more a fear of, of data privacy protection, accuracy, and, and so on. Is that fair as, as, as what you've, you've been seeing from your customers? Uh, yes, um, and that to me, that's part of the broader umbrella of the reality of trying to deploy it. Uh, I wouldn't just say trying to deploy it, but actually making it uh, part of their, their organization and how they can uh, get some benefits out of this. So part of that means like, okay, we have to deploy, to your point, security and privacy, where's my data going? Uh, and this is something that Cisco, you know, we've always thought about, right? Um, our, we've, uh, our, we've, we're, we're very well known for our trust um, center and our trust and, and privacy. and one of the things that we've really started to do recently is uh, publish technical notes about 
AI transparency. Um, so yes, and in addition to that, if you think about the things that are required to deploy AI or any new technology and get productivity out of it, there are some real questions like, what can this thing really do for me? Um, how do I train people to use this? How do I integrate this into, I hesitate to use the word workflow, but just you know the day-to-day -day, uh, work that people are doing. Um, and so I think a lot of, a lot of the uh, conversations or a lot of the questions that organizations are having revolve around that. Yeah, that makes sense. And we are seeing that as well as, as kind of how do you measure the ROI, uh, especially, you know, with, with depending on what AI tools are going to cost, you know, how, and, and are you going to deploy those or what kinds of use cases, I would say, you know, are you, are, yeah. will you deploy those? For sure. So, so uh, going back a little bit, uh, back in uh, the late fall of last year at Cisco Live in California, there was a, a big, a lot of announcements around AI and G2 on, on stage. Uh, so we, we heard for around things like uh, how AI can go beyond call summarization, transcription, translation. How do you see that, that, that AI capabilities evolving around uh, Cisco talked about uh, something called RM, RMM. I'll let you uh, talk a little bit about that. But how are you seeing AI kind of moving beyond just, you know, hey, we can summarize our calls and share a, a set of action items? Yeah, you know, the, the call summarization uh, or the meeting summarization, it sounds like, a, you know, when you first see it or when we all first saw it, it was like, wow, that's amazing. But back to my point about like, okay, let's get down to brass tacks. What can this thing really do for me? I think that's that's the direction that you're going in. Um, and you're right, like, yes, obviously we're, we're doing that, we'll be able to do that, but uh, part of what we have been talking about is um, the, what else AI can do. And uh, Cisco collaboration, WebEx, uh, we've actually been innovating for, you know, better part of a decade plus around AI. Uh, and, I, and I do wanna just take a moment here to say that, you know, not all AI is LLMs, not all AI is, uh, or large language models, not all AI is generative AI, but we actually have like a rich history in using AI to improve um, the quality of experience media. Um, and so, uh, you know, one of the things that we're really good at is things like um, being able to detect the presence of people, right? And this is one of the features that uh, we've announced previously, this idea, I think we're calling it be right back, right? So if we step away, uh, for us to be able, for AI to automatically be able to detect that you've walked away uh, and to blur your screen and to mute your audio. Um, now, if you start to think about the capabilities that we have with that and with summarization, then we can start to stack on top of one another. And so it's not just, uh, you know, summarization, here's what was said, but a richer experience overall, which is like, okay, Jeff stepped out. Uh, in the middle of this conversation, which was a very important conversation, and we needed Jeff. Uh, and when Jeff comes back, um, we'll be smart enough to automatically recognize and say, hey, would you like to be caught up only on the bits of, of the meeting that you missed? Um, and to augment the, the call summarization uh, with that, with that uh, additional context. Uh, but to your point, it's not just summarization, right? So um, you mentioned RMMs, real-time media models, and this is, because uh, this goes to uh, our uh, some of our core capabilities uh, and part of being attached to bigger Cisco. Well, this is a networking company, as we were talking about. We happen to be really, really good at moving 
uh, data around. We happen to be really, really good at real-time media processing. Um, and uh, you know, I, I think you've used before, many people have experienced just the uh, quality of our background noise removal and how amazing that is. Well, some of the AI that we're also creating around real-time media processing, we are grouping under this umbrella that we're calling real-time media models. These are AI models. And it includes things not just like background noise removal, but it'll include something else, um, wideband audio, right? So it's to take a very narrow bound audio and to uh, expand it to make it sound richer and fuller. Uh, and one of the other things that we talked about was um, the AI audio codec. You know, I think many people had just assumed Opus, what else is there to do? Uh, well, there's actually quite well, a bit to do a because- Excitement and discussion and, and audio codecs in a little while, right? Yeah, well, you know what? The, we, you can always get better. And even, I think the assumption is, hey, everybody has infinite bandwidth. Uh, so what's the problem? Well, maybe that's the case in, in certain areas, but um, not everybody has lossless networks, right? Like everybody's uh, Wi-Fi network will sometimes periodically drop out. Or if you're on a cellular network, sometimes the connectivity will drop out. Uh, and one of the things that we're able to do with the AI audio codec is uh, transmit the same uh, level of speech quality, but at a fraction. Uh, I think in our, in our labs, we're, sh we're showing one-tenth to one-sixteenth of the packet um, uh, of, of the bandwidth that's required. So what do we do with that extra space? Well, we can do things like we can replicate uh, packets, audio frames, to have additional redundancy. And when the packets are not available, when the additional frames are not available, we can use generative AI to actually fill in the missing pieces. And so, you know, we're really taking uh, the expertise that we have in real-time media processing and AI, and then asking like, okay, let's focus on the quality of experience. What else can we do to really make sure that, you know, when we're talking over, over WebEx, you know, whether it's a meeting or a call or in the contact center or in one of our devices, it's, it's absolutely the best experience that we can deliver. Yeah, and you're in a unique position to do that because like you said, you have, you know, the devices, you have the network uh, versus, you know, companies that, that only have software are only limited to say the, the capabilities that are, are available to them within a browser if they're browser-based, right? Yeah, it's a unique position. Um, obviously, we, we um, maybe not obviously, but of course, we spend a lot of time focusing on the quality of, of the experience within within the application. Um, but to your point, you know, it's it's more than that. You know, we have a, a WebEx calling or cloud calling, um, you know, one of the most widely deployed cloud calling out there, calling solutions out there. Um, the same, because we're developing our, our uh, a lot of our capabilities, including AI, in the platform, in the WebEx platform. You know, it's this idea of like we innovate once and we're able to leverage in multiple places. So something like background noise removal uh, started out in the application, uh, moved, found its way over into our devices, um, then moved to call, excuse me, cloud calling, and then over to the contact center. It's, it's really, uh, because of our the breadth of our portfolio from software to cloud to hardware, it really allows us to have benefits and, and take advantage of capabilities. I, I, I think it's it's pretty rare in the industry to see other vendors be able to do that. Yeah. And you know, to me, one of the 
one of the most innovative uh, announcements I, I saw was the the Web Access System for Control Hub, where, you know, you, you know, I mentioned I, I started my life as a, you know aspiring CCIE and spent a lot of time poring over hard paper manuals, uh, documentation on CD, and trying to learn how to configure Cisco routers. And and to be able to go from that uh, scenario of command line and maybe some kind of GUI to one where I have a natural language bot that I can say, hey, what's going, you know, why are we seeing degraded voice quality, video quality, uh, what can we do to fix it and and have suggestions brought back to me, you know, was was a really exciting development. Um, and so I'm, I'm curious to what you're seeing and hearing so far as as you begin to talk to your, your customers about the, the kind of Gen AI capabilities now that you're bringing to operational management. Yeah, for sure. Um, and first, by the way, I started my career as a software developer at Cisco. So I was responsible for some of those Cisco command lines <laughs> that you had to remember. Sorry about that. <laughs> no, that's okay. But uh, yeah, I mean, um, you know, I think a lot of times, especially when it comes to collaboration, there's a lot of emphasis, rightly so, placed on the end user experience. Um, and, you know, in contact centers, similarly, it's the agent or it's the end customer, it's a supervisor. All of these are really, really important experiences. Um, but, uh, you know, the, the people who have to uh, support this, who have to enable all of this in an organization, the IT administrators I'm thinking about specifically, um, they're also like a critical key constituency and part of part of like the overall uh, delivering an awesome experience. And so uh, some other work that we've been doing with uh, also generative AI, to your point, the uh, AI assistant is something that we announced at WebEx One. And one of the things that we said is, hey, the AI assistant, this is the same AI assistant on WebEx that is, again, across the platform, software, hardware, and also in Control Hub. And so, you know, it used to be the case because Control Hub is so uh, rich in its functionality, right? This is like the place that many of our customers, their administrators, this is the place that they manage, uh, not just communications, not just collaboration, but basically all of hybrid work. Um, one of the things that, uh, that we've been hearing is like, hey, how do you help me with discoverability? You know, how can you make it easier to, uh, work kind of more outcome oriented. And, you know, as what you saw at WebEx One was uh, a demonstration of our ability to have a very natural query language. Like why was Irwin's meeting bad? <laughs> and we will, you know, the uh, WebEx AI, AI assistant and control hub will, will let you know. Um, and part of the reason why we're able to do that is because uh, not only do we have hardware, software, uh, together, but we're also part of Cisco. So we have a very good integration with the infrastructure itself. So we can tie back into Thousand Eyes and ask Thousand Eyes and have Thousand Eyes come back and report to us, hey, it looks like, you know, Erwin had some difficulty with his Wi-Fi as an example, or maybe there was, you know, well, an outage somewhere in between. Right? Yeah. Wasn't a user error, right? Maybe <laughs> there's something else, uh, you know, in between. Uh, and then, you know, not only doing the diagnostics, but then um, also have the AI assistant come back and suggest solutions. Like, hey, would you like to monitor this connection um, for, you know, in case future, there's there's trouble in the future. So you can see this in real time. So the experience of, administering this and supporting this is not just, you know, the fantastic integrations that we have with the infrastructure, but it becomes much more natural and much more usable, um, all within Control Hub. 
So I want to ask you about how you, you see these advancements that we've talked about impacting the, the you know, you have a large, obviously, installed base of, of on-prem folks. We see in our research about a third of companies that are still on-prem and are expecting to stay that way, uh, a percentage that use private hosted solutions as well. Um, are, are you seeing that, you know, some of these kind of advancements in, in AI might drive people to, to move more to uh, the cloud maybe more aggressively, or, 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 they, or do you expect that your customers will focus on, on some of the hybrid uh, capabilities of mating WebEx with, say, their on-prem call control? Uh, it, uh, <laughs> I'm going to give you. I'm going to give you the it depends answer, and it's <laughs> it's it's because it does. And you know, one of the things that um, Cisco has always done well, WebEx has always done well, is just meet our customers where where they want to be. And for some, for many customers. Move to the cloud, uh, fantastic. We've been supporting uh, many of our customers moving to the cloud. Um, certain customers are like, yep, we want to move to the cloud, but we want to do so in a way that is you know, a dedicated instance. That's also fine. And sometimes it's going to be on-prem. Um, you know, for the AI capabilities, uh, it, 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 one of the things that we want to be able to do is to support uh, as many of our customers as possible. And I, I don't know exactly like on the deployment, uh, what it means to, to be able to deploy AI in all of those different scenarios. But um, yeah, certainly I think moving as, as an impetus to move to the cloud, I, I agree with you. I think that is one thing that could push organizations to move there. Uh, but it would be also interesting for us to see like, how could we do that in a dedicated instance scenario? What, what does it mean um, you know, if somebody wants to run this on prem? Uh, yeah. All of these are really good questions to bring up. Awesome. So I want to shift gears a little bit. Um, you know, Cisco's made a big push in the last year around Microsoft interoperability, predominantly on the video devices and being able to natively support Microsoft Teams uh, in, uh, calling or meeting experiences. As, as you're looking at uh, over the next year, I would say, uh, you know, how, how do you see some of these innovations being able to support uh, not only the Cisco WebEx customers, but also those that might be using Teams with Cisco devices? Um, yeah, absolutely. And I, you know, a lot of this, uh, again, goes back to the idea that uh, these innovations, especially the AI innovations that we've been talking about, it happens in the, in, in the platform. So we're able to innovate once and, and leverage that capability across the board. That is also true of our devices, right? So a lot of the reasons uh, that uh, customers come and even if they're on uh, Microsoft Teams and they, they want to run Microsoft Teams in, on top of our devices, it's because of the, the quality of experience. And a lot of the capabilities that we have, like people focus, right? So our ability to make sure that people in a meeting, um, everybody who is in the meeting uh, is accurately framed and, and is seen or background noise removal. Um, the AI capabilities that we have uh, also there in Microsoft Teams mode. And so, you know, this is one of the, the great things about the way that we've implemented the Microsoft Teams room experience on top of our collaboration devices. Um, and it's one of the main drivers, you know, people see our, our or experience our, our collaboration devices and they're just blown away. They're like, wow, I cannot go back to just, you know, a camera and a display in my conference room anymore. Uh, it has to be a Cisco collaboration device. And regardless of whether they want the WebEx experience or if they want the MTR experience, those capabilities are there. 
Excellent. So uh, we've got a couple more minutes. So I've got a uh, as we talked about before we started recording. I've got a lot of questions that I want to go over with you. So I'm going to share. Yeah. This. So uh, let me talk. Uh, bring up uh, the idea of, of mobile UC. Uh, Cisco announced WebEx Go. Sure. Uh, had a, a major announcement last year in partnership with AT and T here in the U.S. Uh, we see this as as a really strong area of growth in our research. Uh, we published uh, uh, some data in uh, second quarter of. 23 that showed about 35% of our research pool were looking at these solutions, predominantly for field workers or uh, even for small, smaller organizations where the, the mobile device might become your, your only phone. Uh, what are you seeing in, in terms of uptake and, and where do you see this evolving over the next, uh, you know, the rest of 24? Yeah. Um, so in terms of uptake, just fantastic response uh, from customers and, and, and uh, prospects, prospective customers alike. Um, so WebEx Go, uh, for, for the audience who may not know, right, it's this capability uh, to have WebEx calling, right, integrated in your native dialer in your phone. Um, WebEx Go, as you mentioned, we announced a partnership with AT&T. Um, similar functionality, but that's for a corporate-sponsored uh, plan, right? So um, in both of those scenarios, uh, a lot of interest because they're different use cases. You know, I, I use WebEx Go. I pay for my own device. Um, and my WebEx number follows me everywhere, and, and it's great. And you get presence uh, information that's reflected in WebEx. Um, many of my colleagues who just have a corporate sponsored plan, they use the WebEx go with AT&T. So I see a lot more interest. I see a lot more uptake. Um, I, I agree with you, right, that, like, this is a key part of the overall UC, Unified Communications Portfolio, just the, another tool for organizations to have. Um, and I expect to see a lot more continued interest in this. Yeah, and I agree. I mean, it, it just makes such perfect sense for people who are, you know, mobile first, and, and as many are these days, right? Yeah, absolutely. All right. So let me close off with one one final question. Uh, AR, VR has gotten a lot of attention. We've seen the Apple Vision Pro recently released. I know uh, Cisco's had a, a hologram offering for a while now in, in conjunction with partner headsets. Are, are we heading to a point where we're going to do these kind of sessions and meetings in, in an AR, VR type environment? Or how do you see uh, augmented virtual reality impacting uh, the, the market going forward? We, we might, we might be, you know, a year from now. Um, as you mentioned, we had hologram, right? And the use case there was to drive collaboration, especially for um, organizations that needed to visualize things in 3D and to be able to interact them in an augmented reality perspective. Um, but, uh, you know, Apple Vision Pro, we had an announcement that uh, WebEx is available on the Apple Vision Pro. And I, I really think that, uh, you know, to the extent that uh, it really depends on the adoption of that platform, right? And um, I would love to see it. Uh, I'm kind of a, a nerd myself, so <laughs> I've, I've experienced the uh, WebEx and in, in, in Apple Vision Pro. It's pretty pretty neat, um, and I would love to see uh, you also next time, maybe in an Apple Vision Pro. We can do this. We can do this in the augmented reality. That would be awesome. I did have a chance to, to demo Hologram when it was first announced, and it was it was really impressive. So, yeah, it, it's uh, I'm still not convinced this is you know we're going to give up the, the traditional meeting experiences, but there are so many good use cases for augmented virtual reality training, education, show me what you you see type scenarios. For sure. 
Awesome. So how can uh, folks get in touch with you if they if they have additional questions or where, where are you going to be in the next few months in the trade show and travel world? Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, I think definitely I'm going to be at uh, Enterprise Connect um, and uh, I will be around there. So if uh, anyone in the audience is going to be there, I would love to have a chat with you one on one. Just come by and find me there. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being here. And uh, again, appreciate your time. I appreciate everybody taking the time to watch or listen to us. Uh, if you enjoyed this episode of the Metrocast or Metrosite, please go ahead and, and share it with uh, your friends and colleagues. Uh, please check out Cisco at www.cisco.com or webex.com. Uh, and please feel free to check in. We do release our Metrosites on a biweekly basis. So lots of uh, new content coming throughout the rest of the year. Thank you so much, Jeff. Have a wonderful afternoon. Thank you. Thank you.